And now, a disclaimer. <coughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the disclaimer. Yeah. Get, get used to this because um, Allie and I are both um, a little under the weather. We're really joyously sick, and, actually. Um, Allie, as a uh, professional voiceover type person, type normally. Person. Normally, give me give me some credit here. I I'm not at my best. <laughs> Normally, would not even do these podcasts, uh, you know, with her this sick. But we're so late on our other podcast, which we were literally in the middle of recording when we stopped for a break and got ended sick. Up getting sick, that uh, we wanted to at least keep this one on time. And in my opinion, I'd rather have a higher quality on the podcast where we do things that matter. <laughs> Like eighties movies, um, yeah. Do I, do I sound as much like some sort of like bad Tom Waits balladeer? No, uh, no. You you sound more like a consumption victim. Oh, like a yeah. You know, I told I told our son I was coughing like Chopin in the store today, and he didn't get it either. Welcome to A Hard Gray's Night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm McFlurry. <laughs> I thought you were going to make like a, a McSick joke or something. Well, McSick has a horrible sing-song rhyme, so... <laughs> McSickly. I mean, uh, McConsumptive, McTuberculosis. Yeah. McTuberculosis. dying by the end of this recording, maybe. <laughs> um, any of these would work, but I'm a little too ill to come up with a clever one, so... right. McFlurry it is. McFlurry I like. I like McFlurry. Apparently I'm All going right. down the McDonald's menu. Yeah, right? I'm waiting for the next one. The McPizza is probably coming soon, right? That was last week. Oh, that was Remember last week. you didn't get the I? joke? Uh, you were somewhere else because you didn't get the joke last week. Maybe I was starting to feel sick last week, too. You never know. So to this episode is uh, titled The Self-Destruct Button. It is episode number seven. Of season one. Season one. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, its original air date was May 8th, 2005. It was written by Kip Koenig, who's probably best known as the co-screenwriter of the Pauly Shore classic Biodome. Oh, Biodome. Uh, and it was directed by Darnell Martin, of whom I will not say anything poor about because she could potentially be hiring since she's directed in Chicago. In the yes, last hi. Years. Hi, Darnell. I'm hi. We love your, your work. You really directed the hell out of this one. Brilliant. Um, awesome. Stop Actually, I, 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 you know, I can say mean things, but Allie, Allie loves you. I do, personally, <laughs> no. yes. No. You so, were competent. Oh, so, high praise coming from you. Competent. Ed, totally com- high praise. Rounded out the cast. Rounded, um, rounded yes. out the so, cast. Yes, uh, so this was, yeah, this was, um, <laughs> that, by the way, is the only way I've ever been mentioned in any review uh, in, in the newspaper of any play I've ever been involved with is John Walter rounds out the cast. So don't worry, that was uh, not too much of a slam on anyone other than myself. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the music before we yeah, dive well, in. Oh yeah, the, the, the self-destruct button is a song by the not particularly like super well-known Dana Monteith. Mm-hmm. Now when I saw the name of the song and the title of it, I thought for sure we are going to be listening to like a weepy folk ballad. Yeah. Um, uh, turns out Dana Monteith, um, if you do a little internet research, you, you, you can find out he is, um, a founding member of a psychedelic jam band called, uh, the, uh, uh, frick, I just forgot it. I just forgot their name, but it began with an O and it was like, it was like, oh, uh, octopus monkey. I don't friggin' remember. Um, Oceanic, ominous sea pods or something. Okay. Ominous sea pods or something like that. Um, uh, they are, um, you know, I don't know anything about them other than they were kind of a jam band. Um, you know, obviously folky guitar rock, uh, you know, Americana music must have been some of his roots. This song... Because this was his solo album and it had a kind of a bluegrassy, you know, Americana feel. It wasn't... Ali. I think feels more strongly about it than I do, I, I and thought, I'm a pretty judgmental guy. I, 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 first of all, if he's, I, I just don't understand why we have these singers who are not in a punk band who can't sing. Like I understand when you have a punk band, I understand that they don't like the not being able to sing or singing off mm. key is kind of part of the pastiche. But 
I'm sorry, but if you call yourself a bluegrass, well, it's whatever. Got, it's got that alt country air. Yeah, to well, it. alt country is fine, but at least be able to freaking sing. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. Again, it's it's like like I said, I, like I don't. I don't I like when I didn't love the song. I don't but, like when songs hide behind. But it was better than that Billy Joel song that you oh, made me listen shut to. Up. Uh, no, it. it I, I didn't like this song, but I didn't hate it like you did. It just, uh, it's it's kind of like uh, to uh, I'm gonna derail the podcast for three seconds with this. Ali, please don't respond. It's kind of the way I feel about uh, Catcher in the Rye versus the way you feel about Catcher in the Rye, where I'm like, well, okay, it's middling and mediocre. I'm done with it, you know. Whereas you hate it with unholy passion, you know. Excuse me. Um, There's actually smoke coming out of my right, ears but we're right not gonna now. Ta- we're not gonna talk about that. That's why I said I'm don't respond. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, but I'm not done. No, uh, okay. I'm not done with it actually. Oh, okay. Like so, Dana Monteith uh, again. Like I, I think he's primarily a guitarist, which might be why his voice is so mediocre to uh-huh. you. Um, he only did one solo album. He's his internet presence is very small. You know, I, it took me a while to figure out his, like who he was. And when I first looked him up, um, like. What I thought might be his Twitter account was actually uh, some young woman. Um, and the first newspaper article I could find about him was actually about a Canadian teacher who was arrested for sexually uh, assaulting a student. Awesome. Uh, but that's not him. Uh, as far as I know, he is uh, not. That is Dana Allison Monteith of Canada. Oh. Whereas I think he is from like Pittsburgh or some crap, oh. as far as I can tell. But anyway, uh, I thought it was I thought it was a middling, folky bluegrassy guitar-y whatever it, it didn't it didn't hurt my brain but I'm more amazed at how fairly obscure he was in the grand scheme of like because most of these like songs that have been inspired they've been like either mega hits or like well-known artists can I so it's, can it's I, just can very I tell you weird why I, he must, so. I feel like he might have been someone that someone like knew, personally listened to who wrote it like that's a good yep yeah, that's like a good uh, like possibility. But here's my actual feeling about it, and this might just become come because I've listened slash read uh, "The Year of Yes" by Shonda, my uh, my friend Shonda. Shonda, if you're listening, I love you. Um, I have she's not this, listening. I have this feeling that you better hope she's not listening, or you're never going to work with Grey's Anatomy because of my because uh, of my. Uh, yeah, well, um, you know, it, don't play association. Whatever. Ben Warren and 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 Miranda Bailey have their own you know opinions on things. She she. Chanda can tell the difference. So my, my point is uh, this. Um, By the way, those are characters, if you don't listen to Grey's Anatomy, and believe me, you shouldn't, those are characters, Ben, ben Warren will come much, much later. Much later. Much later, you know, on our 90th year of this podcast. So, um, but what I was going to say was, I think that what happens is she writes the episode, or whomever writes the episode, or however it goes, and then when the episode is um, done, but to come up with the, they come up with a title and then they kind of retro look to see if there's a song with that title. I don't think the song inspires the title or inspires the show or inspires the episode. Well, I think we've had that whole discussion last time. But, I, but I'm saying that's what I think happens is it's sort of like, like, what would you call this episode? Oh, maybe something like self-destruct. Oh, and they Googled it. And yes. Was like, yeah, yes. Yeah, I work. honestly think that's what well, I know because it's like, well, yeah, this is, I think this might be a prime example of where we're trying to shoehorn something into this. Again, this this thing that I find like the more I talk about it, the more overly cutesy it's becoming to uh-huh. me. And I was like, ah, well, has anyone made a song called the self destruct button? Someone has to have. Well, it's sort of like when you went, when I was trying to find names for the band that, that I was in, and you go and look on all music, and you're like, okay, we like the yeah. name of this band, and then you go, well, did somebody else name their band that? Well, crap, now I got to come up with something else. What else embodies us? We're not just this name. We might be this too, you know. And so then you go that. This too was a terrible name for a band, by the way. It's like it's almost ungoogleable. You might as well have been the the while you're at it. Yeah. So, um, which was a terrible decision on their part. Well, I, I, I don't think in the, it really was a one-man show, you know that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think when he made those decisions in like 1985 or 4, whenever he founded the, the, I don't know if Google was on his mind. Probably not at that Back point. then, Google was spelled G-O-O-G-O-L, and it meant a one with a hundred zeros after, and it was a totally made-up fake number for people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Remember those days? How are those nerdy glasses doing no, right now? Saying, I, really I learned that from a Peanuts book about science oh my God, as a how child. Are, those, are you pushing your glasses up I right also now? learned about potpourri from that book and how to make your own potpourri at home. Only I thought it was called potpourri because I did not have any pronunciation skills. No, you did not. Uh, in you're French adorable. when I was five. It's okay. It's You're very cute. You're very cute. By the way, it's a little too easy to do this voice. I know. I like, we're also sick. I'm starting to sound like Todd and Lisa from, uh, from SNL. So uh, let's Saturday Night Live was a comedy show oh my God. that used to be funny and then wasn't funny and then was funny and then wasn't funny and then was kind of funny and then was really unfunny and then 
was not that funny. And then eh, it got a little funny for a while. And is currently, oh, Lord knows, I'm too old to stay up late on Saturday. Or figure out how TiVo works. <coughs> or call my DVR something other than TiVo, even though it's not made by TiVo because I'm an old man. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just derail this podcast yeah. from talking about Tick-tock, Grey's Anatomy, the show we both Okay, love. we're going to burn this to the ground here. Okay, so... Um, are you stealing lines I from another am, podcast? I am. I am stealing don't. lines from other podcasts. All right, Please so yeah, it starts out with Izzy and George uh, are in the kitchen and they're pissed No, it off. does not. Oh, okay. It no, it does off, not. It starts off with Meredith. No, no, it starts out with... I will say exactly what it starts out with. It starts out with the grossest almost side boob opener in television history with Meredith's filthy mantis body being draped over by a blanket and then it pans off to... Uh, to uh, Patrick Dempsey's, like, like who has the same pale, hairy goat legs as I have. How is he possibly a sex symbol with those things? You know, he looks like he's wearing the pagan pants from, from the Dragnet movie from the 80s. Which, you've seen that, right? Uh, yes. Okay, well, we won't do that on our other podcast. So then, then we move into resentful, angry. Resentful Izzy. and angry George and uh, Izzy in the kitchen complaining about the fact that they heard Meredith having hot, uproarious... Hot, total fucking. Let's just say it. She's fucking all night. all night. And fucking all they night. Don't know I'm using the F been, word. We're at the explicit they, tab again. They don't know who she's been um, a fucking all night. And uh, therefore, uh, George is pissed off because, you know, he's he's jealous. And Izzy's pissed off because she did not get sleep. And I guess somewhere down deep down, she's also jealous. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would think which so. Which comes out later. We find out later. But um, I don't. I mean, not jealous because yeah, she's she's no longer getting fucked by yeah, her hockey by, man by Hank Nick or whatever his Hank name Nick? was. <laughs> Hank Nick. Hank Nick is like a, is sort of like a beatnik who actually prefers <laughs> like uh, you know the country music of Hank Williams. He's a Hank Nick. <laughs> I don't remember his name, Hank or Nick or. Kevin. Or, His name was Kevin. His name was not Kevin. Maybe it was Kevin. I don't know. It was know. not Kevin. It was something like Nick or Fred. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> really? Let's, there, let's find yes. out. So, I'm she, so, she was, so they're cranky about it, and they don't know who it is, and then they hear him coming down the stairs, and they look, and then, of course, they see it's McDreaming. And then they're even more pissed because... Of course, she's getting special treat. Meredith's getting special treatment, and la da da. And uh, George is angry, and of course, George is put on Shepherd's. It was Hank. Yeah, I was right. See, uh, George. This is the second time I've gone to this exact page to look up his name. By George, the way, George was put on Shepherd's uh, um, uh, service that day, which we find out later. You know, comes yeah, so it comes into George play. George is all resentful about He's that. Resentful and about the whole thing. We, we've gotten into the fact that uh, Yang is pulled up. Sick as a dog. She's sick as a dog. She's pulled up on her motorcycle. Which, second second moment of motorcycle. Yeah, second moment of her, her legendary motorcycle that gets phased out very gradually. Yeah, she starts talking about how um, she's sick the flu. So um, I'm a little weirded out by the fact that like doctors with the flu are are allowed to go to work and, yeah. like with patients who are like open in surgery. I agree. Because like I, our local library has signs up that says if your kid's too sick to go to school, he's too sick to go to the library. And the library cares more about like like MRSA than a <laughs> hospital yeah I, I, I like I, I just feel like that is like you want you know people are have these open wounds that like sicky McPuke face could be sneezing and puking in I you think like a surgical mask is gonna stop that right you know, know like I'm, I'm just I'm sorry that just it weirds me out I, I think she was trying to hide it from everybody except everyone knew two. though yeah except well Bailey finds out later but I don't think Bailey knew it the, the I, well, I think everyone knew she was and, and they're all talking about how the, the flu's going through the hospital you know, it's like everyone knows. Anyway, and it's so. just like, I, I just, it's just, it's just weird. And I mean, I could be wrong. And it's probably the case that, that like, it's completely okay because they've got those stupid masks on. But uh, I don't know why I just said those stupid masks. Like, yeah, it's, they're kind you of know, helpful. Yeah. I guess it's stupid so, when, like, Michael Jackson so Yang's wears one sick, out in public. But. Um, and, uh, you know, resentful, you know, twin number one and resentful twin number two. And then you've got Alex who's just like, he's coming Alex, in being a jock. Just being jockey uh, Alex. He ran into work and no pain, no gain. And that's, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised this episode wasn't called No Pain, No Gain. There yeah. is there there is at least a song by I think Social Distortion called that. And yeah. I'm sure there are many others, so they could have Googled that. Yep. Um, because that's basically like honestly a better fit for the episode than so, the self-destruct button, even though I can see why it's where the self-destruct button comes in. Oh, and uh, Meredith when they're handing out the assignments, Meredith's given a, a Meredith's given a huge shit list by Bailey because she's still on Bailey's shit list. Yeah. And weirdly enough, her third, like after listing, like there's a patient consult and there's this. Oh, and then there's a guy whose IV fell out and you need to give him a new one. And I'm like, why is that third place? I feel like I, having having had my IV get disconnected in the hospital before, it sucks and is awful. And why is he third place? Yeah, between a consult. 
So um, one of the things that the first person that she goes to check on is this girl who's in the pit, um, yeah. i.e. the emergency department. And before she gets to that, where we pan across a real quickie of Izzy uh, consulting with uh, this guy who swallowed his girlfriend's keys yeah. uh, to keep her from leaving, leaving him. Leaving him. Which is, I have to say, not a gesture I would think of with you. Yeah. No, I've done all sorts of things in fights to keep you from going out the door, but never once have I swallowed your keys, yeah, and I'm not planning to. I'm really glad you because don't. I mean I can swallow like fairly large vitamins, but you know it's we, a stupid move. Like unless it's like maybe a, a locker key, I might be able to swallow that if you had like a single locker key. But I don't know how that would stop you from doing anything other than changing your gym shorts. Oh wait, are you just trying to be Houdini here? Like, what's the deal? Oh, well, yeah, I do just swallow random keys, yeah. so that's true, so I can, you know, crap them out, like, just in case. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of keys in here. One yeah. of them's bound to work. Right. Jingle, jingle, jingle. No copper ones, okay? <coughs> so, um, <coughs> what, when, when uh, Meredith goes to the just pit, dying. she meets a young girl yeah. who's just in college. Got a mystery problem. Yeah, she's uh, been, she has a fever, she's passed out uh-huh. in the shower. Her father, you know, claims the mother's obviously a little high strung and very much That's worried a nice about, way of putting it. We're very worried about keeping up with the Joneses and The mother may actually be, and it's hard for me to say this, may actually be a worse human being than Meredith. Yep. She's pretty um, awful. You know, like high strung doesn't really even. Oh, that is so weird. Our TV is in front of us. Our, we have an Apple TV and it's on like screensaver right now because we just finished rewatching this episode on Netflix. And uh, a, a picture of George just oh, yeah. came up because, you know, you would like, we've been looking for pictures to use to make our logo ages ago. And that's on your photo stream. Yeah. Yeah, her her photo, like any picture she has on her phone goes directly into our photo stream, which means we get all these blurry pictures that she's already deleted, but it's just somehow like forever on here. So I hope she never accidentally takes a picture of me nude because our guests could see it. Yeah, well, you know. I'm just saying, if you want to take nude photos of me, don't use your phone. Okay, I'll work on that. Use my phone. I'll work on that too. But I already have nude photos of me on there, so you can just... So one of the other things is... uh, Never know where you need to send a dick pic. Don't give me that look. So so, uh, Alex is walking by and sees some dude bleeding as he's filling out a form. And uh, he's like, you're bleeding. And then he says, oh, you've been shot. You got, he has a gunshot wound yeah, in his shoulder. Yeah, we got to get him in here, yeah. get him. So they start running him to the, you know, to get checked out. And the guy's like, Don't He's worry. like, no, it's fine. He's like, it's like, I'm here. Yeah, he does it. He thinks it's artistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to point out right now, it, it, I don't care how voluntary that is. I am 99.9% sure, even more sure about than this flu thing, that when someone comes into an emergency room or any hospital or any doctor's office with a gunshot wound, the police are called automatically, regardless of if he says, oh, I meant to do this. Yeah. Because I'm not 100% sure, one, that it's legal to shoot yourself by choice. I don't know. Two... I'm not 100% sure that the police, the hospital or police should just trust someone that, oh, no, this this this, this was meant to be. Right. You know, I feel like that's something that, like, generally speaking, most people are like, hey, can we can we look into this? Right. Like, I don't look, I, I personally don't trust the cops as far as I could spit a rat. Well, yeah. But I'm going to be, you know, if I'm working somewhere and someone comes in with a gunshot wound, they're suspicious regardless. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I can't imagine a circumstance where, oh, you know, don't worry. I just got shot. It wasn't a big deal. You know, I don't, I don't know how that comes up and it's not. Yeah. So anyway, this guy whose name I think is um, Digby or something, some ridiculous name. It, it's a classic Grey's Anatomy ridiculous name. So it's, uh, yeah, it's um, Digby Owens. Yeah, Digby. Oh, I'm surprised he has a fairly normal last name. I'm surprised it's not like Digby Blue Bottle, you know, <laughs> something. So, Let's see the names on these characters, by the way. We have JP. Okay, he never he never gives his full name. Clara Rice, that's a normal name. Uh-huh. Digby Owens, a little weird. Jamie Hayes. Oh, now that one's so generic, I have to think that maybe that maybe Kip didn't get the memo. Uh, you know, and then uh, Derek's patient. Wow, that little girl never had a name? No, her name is, her name is Jamie. Oh, then no, no, Jamie Hayes. Oh, no, Derek's patient is someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's just someone else. And Christina Yang. Okay. Which I am not 100% sure. Oh, there's a mistake on this wiki. Uh, what? 
Do you remember her taking a pregnancy test which was positive in this episode? Yes. Was I drunk? Yes. Oh, she doesn't have the flu. When did this happen? Oh, my God. When did this happen? At the end of the episode. Oh, crap. Oops. It, hey, it was spoilers. Like, it wasn't like it was... It, are you I kidding was, me? I think at this point I checked out. Yeah, you think? Oh, my God. I, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, it, that's it right. It wasn't like it was a quick thing. It was like she was on there. She checked one, then she checks the other one, and she checks it again. And she oh, God. I totally forgot about this. Man. Hey, guys. Remember how I don't watch this show, apparently? Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. Okay, never mind. She, yeah. Hey, spoiler alert. Yang's pregnant. Yeah, big time spoiler. So she doesn't actually have the flu, y'all. Yeah, oops. Um, uh, well, you know, uh, you know, I thought maybe she was just hungover. Um, yeah, yeah. Turns out flu, pregnancy, so and hangover all I'm gonna, have the same I'm going to shut you down for just a minute, and I'm going to get through this. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop paying yeah. attention to you, too. And we'll, well, since I'm going to shut you down not. for just a minute. So, um, <coughs> so, yeah, his friend shot him, and now he's all like, yeah, I got another gunshot wound, and I'm amazing. And he and Alex have this connection of, like, wrestling and whatever. The, yeah, an- they both and then in the meantime, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to come back schools. to that in a second. That's um, George is put on shepherd service, and George uh, goes into this consult with this little girl who's two, who's having tremors in her foot. And the parents had gotten an abnormal, like had gotten a scan for her about a month or three months before. And the foot was, or because uh, there was something else going on and they got an abnormal scan back. They didn't quite know what that meant. They knew it was going to be expensive, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they're like, but this, these tremors started happening. We don't know what's going on. And so he goes to pull Shepard and, you know, figure it all out. So these are all of the, so those are the people that we're dealing with. We're dealing with the girl who, who we don't know why she's sick. Um, that's Meredith's patient. We have the friend who shot himself. Uh, no, we have the guy who had his friend shoot him so that he could be artistically in pain, which is Alex's patient. George's patient is the little girl um, with Shepard. And then um, uh, Izzy is essentially doesn't have an attending. Uh, she has... Bailey, who tells her that she's going to have to do a bronchoscopy on... By herself. By herself on Key Swallow Dude. Because the, it's, it's like, what is it? It's watch it, do it, teach it. Yeah. Is the pattern, is the thing that, uh, you know, that uh, that we were told about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's right. And and by the way, I want to point out that the girl with the twitch is adorable. Oh, she's, she's so absolutely cute. adorable. And they are adorable with her. Yes. Both George and Derek yeah, yeah, are absolutely yeah, well, like sploosh all over the place ladies who want kids yeah, and like, haven't gotten married yet because Yeah, in fact in fact I have to say there's there's like because George is already jealous, obviously, because yes. it, like it's very obviously established and well, it's intentionally established. It's not like it's like they were trying to be subtle that George has a huge thing for Meredith. Lord knows why. You're better than her, dude. Uh but um but George, uh, you know, like sees Derek just totally like move in and take the kid over and like, you know, like swoop in and like basically keep her calm while he gives her an IV, you know, like a blood. Uh, what, what do you call it? The little. It was, it was a dosage of diazepam. It was something to calm her. To calm her. To calm her. Because she was having a small seizure. Yeah. You know, and uh, and uh, when he sticks the needle in her arm, like in such a way that it like calms her and she doesn't even cry. Yeah. You know, and he's he's completely charming with her, and George has that look like I hate you. You're so perfect, and yeah. I'm I'm so goofy, and yeah. you know I'll never have her. You know, and, you know, and 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 George obviously resents him because he thinks he's using her. So let's and, do this rather than try to take this. I, just because I think it's too confusing, the way that they did this episode is so jumbled with. So many different patients. Yeah, there's a lot of I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be almost too confusing to try to take it chronologically. So let's take it patient by patient and take us through each of their. Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So, and before we go there, I just want to throw this out there that George is walking in, and we get another random intern uh, dude giving um, exposition information to George as he's about to cross paths with this guy walking into surgery, and the random intern. And he are both standing in the scrub room when the anesthesiologist walks by. And George looks at the other intern and he goes, yeah, I know. I smelled it too. Uh, bourbon, is that what you caught? And he's like, yeah. Has he been drinking? And he's like, yeah, dude. I mean, it is it is what they do. You know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get through the day. Yeah. And like, as long as he can do his crossword, we're okay. And yeah. I I, I'm, uh, I would not have known known or thought about this, but the uh, I, I, I was happy to be on. I do have to be on the notes and Wait, trivia. Wait, can I say who I think it is? Was it the dude from Nurse Jack? No, no, no. That's oh. not what the trivia is. Oh. No, the trivia is it's a it's it's a point raised that George is going to see Shepard and they're talking about closing up, and the anesthesiologist shows up. Yeah. Why is the anesthesiologist showing up for closing a patient? 
like he should have been there the whole time. So yeah. that's a, that's that's basically just an error in continuity yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens to be on here. And I just thought that was like, oh yeah, way to go, way to go, Grace. Like yeah. like he couldn't have just been sitting there and like or, or gotten up to leave. Yeah, you know, like but instead he's like coming in. Yeah, it's weird. Which is very strange. I mean, um, I wouldn't have noticed this on my own. I I'm gonna give that credit to whoever updated this wiki of it. I really hate is going to one day be in my favorites tab. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast so i just want to throw that out there because that comes back later so let's start with pit girl let's just take us through her story okay okay so her name is actually claire and uh oh she was in the pit yeah i was calling her mystery girl uh at the beginning until Uh, i got her name uh yeah she was in the pit so um they you know i started calling her pregnant girl by the way because i didn't remember what the plot of the episode was and you know she's wants her parents to leave and her stomach's giving her problems yeah, I was like alright exactly. we got a pregnant girl and her parents <laughs> you know? go out of the room and she sits down you can tell she's really nervous and she shows Meredith says I need to feel your stomach and she shows her she has these laparoscopic scars yeah she, and, scars and I've seen laparoscopic scars before and I will say the makeup people do a really good job of showing what fresh laparoscopic scars look like yeah like the still pink which they comment on in the yeah. episode that is actually how they look so Good on your makeup department. Yeah, they do. Um, I will say the show almost almost never gets makeup wrong. They do yeah. a pretty good job of that. They do. Um, but yeah, um, and and so uh, so they basically so so uh, uh, Meredith consults. Yeah, with, she's mystery girl. Turns out to have had mystery Mexican surgery. Right, she's been out of out of the country and she went in and had um, gastric bypass because her mother's writing her about right. how she has gained weight. Now here's the part that makes every woman who has ever had issues with her weight is about to scream and tear her hair out. When you hear the mother, the obnoxious mother you want to punch in the face, says... Again, worse than Meredith. Keep that in mind because we all know Meredith is She literally says, um, you know, I warned her about the freshman 15, you know, and she comes back after her first break and she couldn't... And I had to go out and buy her a size 6 pair of jeans. A new pair of size 6 jeans. Because she couldn't fit into the ones I bought her last year. First of all, size 6, I'm enough... I'm not a I'm not a woman by any means. Um, I your your sizing freaks me out and scares me because mine is measured in actual inches of, of waist yes. size, so I understand it. Uh, but I do know for a fact that size six jeans are ten ninety because I believe like back when I was a scarecrow, I once borrowed one of my girlfriend's jeans. You know because you know they were like and I was a scarecrow of a person and I want to say those were size eights. Yeah. You know and I was pretty skinny i would have like i would have passed for anorexic if it weren't for the fact that i ate all the time (laughs) you know yeah it was it's it's ridiculous and you can just tell the kind of pressure that she's under um so her going to do that and she's like well i was just trying to take the pressure off of one thing that i didn't have to worry so much about because it's very hard to exercise and it's very hard to focus at school and get good grades and all i really wanted to do was study and not worry about exercising and eating everything perfect all the time and her mom's like you're taking shortcuts I and mean, it's just like just riding yeah, she is such a type a alpha oh. like keeping up with the joneses except awful except the joneses didn't come over on the mayflower so i don't know why she'd care about the joneses so awful you know keeping and, up with the cabots and the lowells maybe whatever it is but anyway so so they basically so they take waspy. a they do a ct and they find out that she actually had a botched a botched bastard cat. Yeah, yeah, there's an abscess and she's got edema, so which is swelling for anyone who's not like an expert in medicine or in my case, a guy who's seen a lot of medical shows. <laughs> right. So she um so she's you know, they tell her that, that you know, they're gonna do their best, but they can't, you know, they'll they'll fix it, but they, they don't know how much they'll be able to fix it because there may be issues going forward and forward. Forward, sorry. Um so she uh so, and of course, the mother's just awful, and they finally decide to do the surgery. They do the surgery, and in the surgery is John's favorite moment that ever has happened on this oh, show. Oh, my God. It was like, I'm going to say this right now. The, 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 the view of Meredith covered in gastric pus from an abscess that explodes in her face, that's my Patronus. That is the, that is the light and hope that will defend me in my darkest hour, just thinking of Meredith Grey stinking of chyme and bile and infectious waste combing it out of her hair like it's so much mousse ah oh. oh my god mwah. Mwah. i would i would have a cake frosted in that if it weren't for the fact that it would make me sick and vomit yeah pretty much <coughs> it's all pretty sick and vomit <coughs> Just- so and the best part about that in my opinion is that you know we're getting one of bailey's rants 
Bailey's riding her right before oh, that. Oh, God. And then she tries to defend herself, and it's the defense that causes the abscess Oh, it's, it's so beautiful because it's like Meredith's going to stand up for herself and show how she can hold her own against Bailey, and then she gets hit with waste material yeah. full of germs and file so right in her face. That's a beautiful moment. Oh, it was, it was so... It really, honestly, it's one of those... It's moments like these that redeem the show for me. I know. And I can, I can survive. So, the torture that you put me through. So we'll finish. We'll finish up what happens to the patient. We won't go what happens God, to I'm, Meredith I'm, after that. I'm until so later. choked up. I know. I so we'll we'll come back to the end talk of the amongst yourselves. Okay. So uh, it turns out that they can help her, but they can't fix the problem. They can't reverse it. So she's going to have short gut syndrome, and that basically means she's, she might be malnourished if she, they're not really ready malnourished. To malnourished. I'm sorry. She I'm might sick. be only eating men. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sick, so some of the things are coming out wrong. Or <coughs> um, for her, she won't be able to have delicious she crab so soup. So she, uh, she's she's only, you know, she's going to have issues and they have to really watch that and she's going to have to watch mm-hmm. her diet very closely because of that. And so, you know, it actually caused way more problems because of that. All right, so that's Claire. She survives, though. Right. Just, you know, with the frustrating lifelong issues. Right. Um, friend who shot the dude. Gunshot dude. Gunshot dude. Yeah, we so we learn again that like he wrestled at Iowa State right. and uh and, and Alex, Alex wrestled in the, Iowa. Yeah, at the like rival school or whatever, but there's The rivals with like, the Hawkeyes, Al- Iowa, man. Yeah, whatever. No, so, I, I have family in Iowa, but so I, I honestly that, don't give a damn. But they um but they so they're like, yeah, we might have been enemies at, you know, in our state, but here in Seattle, it's really nice to find somebody We're from brothers. home. We're brothers. We're brothers yeah. is what he said. You know, and, so, and, and throughout the episode, basically everyone is like, this guy's a moron. Right. And meanwhile, Alex is like, he has an ethos, no pain, no gain. And like, you know, Alex is, Alex has a man crush on him mm-hmm. because this guy is, this guy is just like him. He, you know, he, he lives his life hard right. and fast and tough and whatever, even though, like Alex has gone through a lot, but I don't think Alex has ever been shot. I was, well, not yet. Right. Um, Spoilers. But then again, getting shot on Grey's Anatomy is is kind of like you know earning your four hundred one k. Yeah, other you job. really aren't allowed to become a doctor. <laughs> oh, your four hundred one k is matured, but you're not shot yet. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, afraid you are not really a doctor here. But anyway, so um, so yeah, yeah so it, he's so he uh, he's doing fine, and they're and oh, and and at one point he and uh, he and Alex like like kind of bro up a bit, and um, there's a there's a part where it's very. I, it's a weird slip for this show, which especially, like, again, for all my problems with this show, it's nothing if not inclusive and if not heavy-handed in its attempts to avoid stereotypes. You know, it's like we're, you know, it it it, it is liberal with, like, its use of, like, of minority characters in situations where they are competent and in charge, you know, and, and other things. Like, it, it's liberal in its use of both gay and interracial couples. It's... It's very socially aware. And then this movie engages in the black guy mispronounces words trope, which is like Amos and Andy levels of like, that's like Kingfish level comedy. Okay, but and I know it's just, it's just weird. I, I, I know it's not intentional. Yeah, I mean, and I know it's just, it, it's, a, it's a throwaway line. It's just, it feels weird for a show that is so aware to not realize that taps into a very problematic history of, of comedy in America. I guess that's true. I guess in my opinion, and, though, I, I here's what I look at it as. You know, there was no reason that this character had to be of color or a different race or any of that stuff. No, I know. So my my point is that I actually say they probably wrote the character, then, you know, called in a bunch of dudes, and I don't think it was like, must be African-American, must be of color, must be anything else. So why change the writing of the character to then well, reflect because one or the other? I will say, actually, that was going to be my follow-up, is oh. that you're probably right in that in the, they probably wrote that line before he was cast. Yeah. But I will say why to change it is because, again, and again, I'm reading more into it than probably most would. Yeah. But the fact is I'm able to read that into it as a white guy yeah. who has no reason to, to really have a deep feeling about that. It just seems like an unnecessary risk of offending someone in a show that goes out of its way to like wave the flag of inclusion, you know, and being woke about social issues. Right. You know, it's just it's it's a little it's just a little weird. Like mm-hmm. I again, I I, I I don't think it was intentional. But it was I don't only think, one word I know, that it was, it was, didn't it, I, I know like, it was one. Like, yeah, but it was one line. But it like you know, but he repeated it in like a comical way that is usually done. For characters who are ignorant and of color in historical comedy, I hear what you're saying. It's like a minstrel show kind of joke. I understand what you're saying. You know? I will also say that if it wasn't 
if his character hadn't already been this kind of like jovial, like, hey, this is just who I am. It's like, yeah, I like to, I like to shoot myself. I like to have things happen to me, which meant that he kind of did, he was already sort of created as this guy who's more of a he's more of a jock, not an egghead, not somebody who really would care what the names of it is. Big picture, dude. like I said, yeah, big picture dude, not details. Yeah. So him saying that, I don't think he was offended that he didn't understand the word. I no, 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 no. Well, that's not the point I was making. No, either, I understand. I, and I'm that. saying, I'm saying again, I don't think it was intentional. I don't. I, it just, it's more of a just it a just weird. Mo- it didn't even irk me so much as just kind of confused me yeah. because it's it, it it's one of the ways the show normally goes out of its way to not be like right. And it was just very weird that that past past muster, especially given the show was created by an African American woman who has to be well aware of those tropes. Well, you yeah. know, like it, like again, it was it, again, it like. It, it uh, like I wasn't offended. I was right. more just like, "Hey, that's weird." So you know, like it was just it was more of a it was more of a that's a little weird. It's not it's not like the offensiveness of like having Meredith Grey run a show right. as a, as a lead character. Not that she was a showrunner, obviously, but I know you know, having Meredith, yeah, like it just it She's just kind of threw me for a loop. That so, um, and by the way, I I think we need to, and you didn't really do it too much but the for the rest of the outcomes I think we need to stop so we so we can describe the way the show ends. I did say that already. Oh you did? You okay, weren't paying just, attention well, no. when I said that. Uh, uh, wait, Yang was pregnant? <laughs> what? I literally said at the end of the when we talked about Claire, I said I'm gonna stop it here because there's oh, more that comes after that. I think I was checking Harry. my notes for the next the yeah. next guy. So um, I actually said that. Those of you on the podcast you can you can attest to it. He can go back to Okay, I'm, I I don't I don't doubt you. Okay. I just So uh, the fr- so this so anyway, so he and, and Alex are connecting and having this what a bro culture and um, he's fine. Everything's fine. They're taking pictures. He's like, I want to stay awake and watch this. And oh yeah, and Alex is working with Burke. Burke is in there again. Oh yeah, like, dealing it, with a gunshot wound that has nothing to do with the heart. Now, oh, admittedly, it might have to it something will to do with later. The, it will later. They, it, they're worried that it might have had something to do with his lungs. So that's probably why they brought in Burke because it's close enough to the heart that it could have been an issue. Yeah, yeah. By the way, um, like they're talking. Obviously, it supposedly went off his rib. They say. Wasn't it in his arm? It in was. The it was in his shoulder. I think it shattered a rib. Maybe a piece like ricocheted. I, I guess. I, I. It's just like the way it, it looked like it was a flesh wound yeah. that went across, like went across, like his lower deltoid area. I think it's. I think it's that it never exited. Oh, he got shot. So it, it oh. was shot, and then it. Psh. Okay, because when they show the X-ray, they're showing a bullet that was already in there from a past injury. Yes. They didn't show another bullet in there. Right. That I could see, like maybe. So I was a little confused at first because it really looked like it looked like the way the the way the the wound looked. It looked like a stripe across his arm, uh-huh. like he had been shot in the fleshy edge of his shoulder, and it had gone in and oh, out. Oh, right. So like I, I was a little confused yeah. there by by the way it was like by the way it was presented. But again, they only show it for like a, a brief a, second. A, a brief second. And so they don't I might explain have just the medicine it. all that well this time around with this particular thing. Yeah, it's almost like he. It's almost like he dies of voodoo. Well, you know. so the, and spoiler, he dies. Thanks, John. So, uh, well, um, hey, um, wait, wait. Yang is pregnant. Yeah, so, they can, so, uh, so, he gets, um, and he's doing fine, and everything's okay. He wants to watch them drain it because they have to drain the blood, and so they go through the draining process, and everything's okay. And then all of a sudden, he goes the down. The twist of this podcast is that I suddenly die. Yeah, of whooping cough, and that guy survives. Actually, the, the the twist of this podcast is you're actually pregnant. So, um, I'm Yang. You've turned into damn you. it transitive property. So, so he, he <coughs> watching the draining. He's all excited that he's awake for this whole process. And in the end of it, um, he, they he take goes, a Polaroid, right? Yeah, they take a Polaroid, and then he starts to go downhill, and they're not they don't know what's going on. His you know white blood cell count is up. They can't figure out what's going on. He's sweating. It's terrible. He's and he's chilled. In, yeah, they realize he has an infection because he had gotten a tattoo earlier that day or whatever the day before and it was totally fine and then it has gotten infected and gone worse really fast because of the gunshot wound and the little bit of complication he had with that has exacerbated this infection to the point where um, he's super duper sick right now and so by by the way the the irony has, has the irony been lost on us yet that like what ends up like killing spoiler him is a tattoo and not the gunshot yeah. wound. Yeah, it's crazy, you right? Know? Which, by the way, is the 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 biggest you know slander against the the noble art of tattooing yeah. since that episode of Mash where Radar wants one and is taken aside by a guy that Hawkeye and the other and the gang you know basically got together to keep him from doing it by explaining hepatitis and why why I can only drink grape knee high now because my liver failed because of my tattoo. <laughs> 
So, yeah. yeah. That's right. I watched a lot of MASH as a kid. Okay. So anyway, in the infection, it's getting bad. It was a better show than, he than starts to, um He starts to go into, uh, you know, his, his Even when Hawkeye to, was his, overly serious. His <laughs> heart starts to, sh- to stop, and they have to revi- try to, you know, get him back. And Burke's in there like, what happened? Uh. And that's when we cut off because we're getting to the end, right? No, we're going to say that he died. No, but I mean, th- th- how he died is is, is part of the, the end discussion, the montage. Which okay. is why I wanted to wait. Sure, we can hold yeah. that off. So we're we're gonna we'll go to um, we'll go to George and the kid. George and the kid. Uh, oh my so, god, I love that sitcom. It did not last more than two seasons, but it was pretty good. It was about it was about about George McFly and his his. You know, this goat. podcast is supposed to last a half an hour, and every time that you start on these tangents, that ends up like at three it's supposed hours to last forty five minutes. It's a three hour long podcast. That's by what the time I thought it was. Done. So yeah. Um, uh, before we go into the patient, little adorable little girl. Oh, she's um, so cute. She's so cute. She, she, by the way, she reminds me of the little kid. Uh, like, not physically, but, like, the way she acts when she's being... It reminds me of that classic Sesame Street where the kid says the alphabet to Kermit and she keeps saying Cookie Monster. Yes. You're like, A, B, C, D, Cookie Monster. Yeah. You know, like, I that 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 little... She reminds me of her. Yeah, she's, she's just adorable. She's so super cute. It's like, it's like it's one of those things where I am so glad... I'm going to go ahead and keep spoiling. I am so glad that this kid does not die. Yeah. Because if this, if this show had killed this kid... I would have walked out of this podcast forever. I would have been like, no, you know what? I can't do this. Because I think the first time we watched this episode, I don't. I, Jackson might not have been born yet. Yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Uh, so, but now I couldn't. I couldn't do it. No. Nope. So yeah, and, and and the other comment I was going to make is her her mother reminds me, even though she doesn't look exactly. Her mother reminds me of a cross between later character um, Penny uh-huh. uh, from the most uh-huh. current season, uh-huh. Uh-huh. mixed with uh, the actress who plays Karen Page in um, Daredevil. She's just washed out. Oh, I, that's so funny you said that because here's what like I both wrote. Of them, she's like this eyebrowless, washed out, like blonde. We did not discuss this beforehand, and here's what I wrote: Mom of little girl is poor man's Julianne Moore. Oh my God, that's another eyebrowless, washed out woman. How weird is that? That we yeah. both had like we had to explain yeah. that she looked like somebody. <coughs> like, 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 like she's like, uh, they, like. She's that level of eyebrowless blonde it's that I find bizarre. very strange looking. Okay. I mean, good. They were good. I mean, they were good. It was now, just now. Penny's a redhead. I'll give her credit for that. But she also has no eyebrows. She has no eyebrows. Out. So, um, so um, they, you know, you know, up until this point where they've they take her in for the um, MRI and they yeah, she has find a, out a she has a condition. It's a, a type of Rasmussen's encephalitis. Yep. That basically, um, if you look at the picture, it's actually scary. It's it's, it's what her, I labeled a holy shit disease. Yeah. Yeah, half of, you, if you, you look at like, if you look at the MRI, you see one one half of her brain is pretty and lit up, and the other half of her brain looks like it's like they've dimmed it out, and that's essentially what Shepard tells her it's is dead. that it's dying. It's it's, it's it's like no, it's actually dead. It's, it's dying, but dead. It, the death the death is expanding, yeah, you know, like much like a gangrene or something, yeah, like it's just gradually dying, and the only way to stop it is to cut out the dead stuff and remove it to quarantine it from like spreading. And, you know, like, so basically they've got to take the entire, one entire hemisphere of her brain out of out her. Out And her head. they explain that this is possible because she's young enough that her brain isn't fully developed and the, the neurons on the other side of her brain will, you know, take over all the functions that that side of the brain would do. So, you know, she's be able to live a relatively normal life. I, I expect not a perfectly normal life because there are certain functions that really are one hemisphere only, so she's probably going to be either really arty or really analytical, yeah. would be my guess, but, um, uh, but um, you know, and she's probably going to have some language difficulties at some point in her life, would be my guess, but, like, most of her brain, the brain is, she's still a very flexible, it's very, the, the parts of the brain are still kind of fungible and can move around, I guess, um, but, yeah, it's it's a fairly terrifying procedure to terrifying. think about, like, you know, and, you know, he's he's positive that he can do it. You know, and that it will probably be successful, but that like all surgeries has a risk, you know. And he, I will say he he does this in a very reassuring manner. Yeah. It reminds us this is one of the episodes where Derek actually seems to justify being king shit of Fuck Mountain. Yep. Uh, drink. Drink. For those of you playing yep. that game. And so, uh, and I know in, you're out there. They go into the surgery, and George it, George is uh, scrubbing in, of course, and and he finds out, and he he's in there, and in walks. Anesthesi, you know, bourbon, bourbon drinky drink, the drunk guy, drinky the drunk guy, anesthesiologist. Yeah, and, and, and George. And, Smells it on him, and, and before uh, before we go this far, I want I want to like this is something I thought about on the yeah the, before about the, the the bourbon, and I think I mentioned to you when we were yeah. watching is if this guy is a secret drunk, what in the hell is he doing drinking bourbon? 
an alcohol that basically you might as well pour on your skin if you take a sip of it because it is the sweatiest out of your pores, booze, nasty stank. And I, I used to be a fairly prolific bourbon drinker in my 20s and early 30s. Uh, you know, I still enjoy a, a tipple from time and again. But it is not a drink that you take if you don't want people to know you've been drinking on the job. So I'm going to throw this out there. He says it later that there's this code where you don't ask those questions within the walls of the of the hospital. I think they all know. But because he usually is fine with his job, they, they sort of turn a blind eye. I thought eye. That within the walls was within the walls of the operating room. I thought it was something where once you're out in the hall, it's like, what the hell is going on, dude? Like away from the patients, away he said, from the... He actually said the words in the walls of the hospital. Oh, did he? I thought I thought he said in the walls I of, thought, of, of the I thought. I, I, I inserted operating room too, but he actually says in the walls of the hospital. Right. Or in the walls of work. But I, even then, I think it's something where it's like, you don't talk about it yeah. until after it's over and you can walk away and say, okay... You know, I get it. And maybe it is like the Omerta, you know, like the thin, I don't know, would it be, not white thin line? white line? Yeah, I was going, I was going to say red line because of a scalpel cut, but that's yeah. already a Terrence Malick film. Yeah. Um, and then blue line, obviously, is cops. You know, I don't know if it's like the blue wall that cops do, like it's the scrub wall, you know, or whatever. But it's it, it seems like, but it seems like guy getting drunk at work is a little bit past the line of like ticks and weirdnesses that you can do in the office. Well, I think I think what it is is people know that maybe he takes sips of bourbon, but maybe they don't know that it's actually affecting his work. Right. But I again Again, I agree with you. And again, I just feel like he wants to pretend like and the thing is actually I think the idea is maybe he's hung over is more what they're thinking. Oh, not yeah. He's actually actively drunk right, at right. work. Because when George questions him, which he's about to do, yep. basically immediately you know, like he looks at, at like Shepard, drinking the drunk anesthesiologist, looks at Shepard and is like, Derek, get him out of here. Yeah. You know, what is this? And Derek says, George, get out. Yeah. You know, which, you know, you look at it and you're like, whoa, dude. You know, but when, and I guess there's not really much else to say other than Christina, who's got the flu. She's pregnant? Oh, my God. But uh, Christina, you know, is called in after there's a fight between Izzy and Meredith over the pus in her hair. Which will come, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, So she goes in to the operation and replaces George. And she was jealous of George that he got to be in it in the first place. And now she's all excited because she gets to see this awesome operation. And in the middle of the operation, uh, Derek's like, Looks like she's coming out. This looks like you've got a little, her little light. We need to probably put a little more in. And he doesn't respond. Yep. And he doesn't respond. And Yang like leans over. They're yelling at him. And she's like, he's asleep. And they managed to jolt him awake. And he's like, oh, sorry. I must have dozed off. And then like, you know, Derek's like, are you, was he right? You know, and it's one of those things where obviously if he's actually drunk, you know, they're going to kick him out of the OR. And I think they don't realize he actually drinks at work. I think they think he goes home and drinks too much. Yeah. But I'm, again, thinking if you're going to sneak your tipples at work, this goes back. I mean, yes, vodka doesn't fool too many people either. I love you I love you guys who drink at work who think that no one can smell vodka. You can all smell the vodka. You can all smell vodka. But vodka at least has a rubbing alcohol smell, and there's a lot of rubbing alcohol and other chemicals in, you know, in a hospital. Yep. Uh, bourbon smells like bourbon. Yep. Like there's literally nothing on earth that smells like bourbon other than... Other whiskeys that are very closely related to bourbon. Right. <laughs> you know? So so he kicks him out and then, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm going to submit dreamy, but Derek pulls George aside. He pulls him out of the gallery and says, you know, he apologizes and says, you know, the, the thing about the code of conduct and, or the code of, you know, doctors or whatever. And then he says, but I was wrong and I should have listened to you and I should have done this long ago and you you didn't deserve to get kicked out. And then as they're shaking hands, he says, you know, you, you saw me this morning. I know you saw me. And then George is like, well, you know, yeah. And he's like, I'm not using her, you know, I care about her. And um, and I'm not giving her preferential treatment. Right, and I'm not, you know, right, I'm not being Jerky special, she's not being liar. whatever. So they sort of kind of like... And and, 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 and then George like basically says, like, she's really great, you know, yeah. and like whatever. And, and for the umpteenth time, as I will do throughout the early days of this show, George, you're too good for her. Right. They're this scum. Yeah. Now, so, there are other people who are too good for you. Yeah. But you... Are too good for her. Okay. So uh, I also want to point out that we... I just want to get to the keys swallowed by dumbass 
Yeah, okay, yeah, we're back to dumbass keys. So dumbass keys, he has to have a bronchos- uh, bronchoscopy that Izzy's going to perform, and she allows the girlfriend who's screaming at him to stay in yeah. during uh, this Oh, my God. Procedure. And I, now, thankfully, she does say, I only allowed you in here, <laughs> you know, to, I, I only allowed you in here to, cal- to keep him calm. But, like, before she says that, I was already writing, Izzy, kick her out. Yeah. What is your, like, and she's she's been actually, this is the funny thing, the guy's an idiot. Totally. The guy's an idiot. What he did was asinine. Asinine. But she's obnoxious. No. She's like the least. She's, all right, she's not the the least likable character in this episode because, well, A, Meredith. uh, And B, you know, evil, evil Claire mom. uh, Ice queen mom. Yeah. But still, Jesus Christ. She's great. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, she has to, you know, it's kind of cool. Like they show her grabbing the keys and having to get it out and it falls further and there's a little bit of drama that you think something bad's going to happen and she's yelling, please don't die, you can't die on me. And then they get the keys retrieved and then Izzy's like, all right, now you leave. She's like, go home, get out of here. Get out. Find your car, whatever, and just leave this guy. And And I will will say the guy has a great button at the end. Yeah. You're never You never find where I parked it. Yep. It's a funny moment. (laughs) And by the way, I, I, I was... Don't know why I was trying to do an impression of him talking like that because my voice is already shot. I could just talk normally. Okay. <laughs> you know, since I, oh my God, did I swallow some keys? Is that the problem? Yeah, maybe that's what you did. Oh my God. So that explains it. I aspirated keys. Yeah, you really should watch <laughs> I inhaled that. a key. Um, I somehow have lost my my pen. That's so. probably this. I think I lost mine and grabbed oh, yours. You're a jerk. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, that's unrelated to the Yeah, here's Right. Okay, so. Um, the so let's go back to what happens towards the end of this. So after yeah. Meredith's pus incident, and this is before they pick Yang to go up and and replace George. There's a fight in uh, between Ooh. Izzy. Ooh, I'm sorry. I've got a bit of trivia, like a, a bit of trivia about that from the Wikipedia too. Okay. Do what? Can, can I tell? Can no, I tell, tell it. I just okay. want to let you know. All right. Um, so um, Meredith goes into the locker room. Izzy's in there. Uh, Yang's in there, feeling sick. She's laying on the bench, and uh, and and. Izzy laughs at the at the karma that uh, Meredith has pus in her hair because she's been you know pussed on by this um, internal injury organ explosion. And to be honest, and, her rage is righteous. Yes, because Meredith is terrible. She, you know she's been fucking McSlutty, and you know yeah, and she's been fucking McSlutty. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. both. Uh, yes, you know I get it. meanings of that. I get it. Uh, she's terrible. And she's supposed to go take a shower before she's supposed to go update the the family about the girl, and and. Uh, she asks Bailey if she can go take a shower, and Bailey says, oh, "That's another hoop you got to jump through." And she's like, "Fine, go go shower," but she yeah. doesn't go shower. Like like Meredith like sits on the floor, and, and again, she's got there's something about Meredith in her hair. It's disgusting. It's vile. Vile. Like yeah, she's, she she's, smells bad. Again, it look it looks like someone tossed lemon meringue in her hair. It's gross. And she's just sitting there. She's just sitting it's there like, and you know, smelling bad. And and even though everybody's telling her she's stinks. And, she, and she's making poor flu ridden uh, Yang wait. Yang's pregnant. Oh my god! Nauseous by her stink. And she and, and, and Izzy start sort of fighting, and Izzy is like making her feel bad about whatever, and, 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 and it's and, karma. And, and then Bailey walks in during this fight and um, makes a joke about how apparently she's not the only one who makes her jump through hoops. And uh, and uh, Yang gets to go upstairs and yeah. do the surgery. It's weird because like like Bailey kind of ends up half defending Gray by not letting Izzy go do the surgery that right. Like, she would have been available to do in sending the someone who's basically barely able to stand. Right. Um, I will say this: this is the this, there's a goof in this episode, yeah, a continuity goof that I again I would never have noticed without reading uh-huh. the wikia, because it, it goes back to the pilot. In the pilot episode, Christina is mad at Meredith and yells at her about how she slept with her boss. Yeah, Izzy's there in that scene. Oh, she is. So, in theory, continuity wise, Izzy should have known about this, but they they yeah they. Did not, they downplayed that actually ever happening. They probably did not realize when they were writing the episodes that that scene, that she was in that scene. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that was not, that was like whoever's in charge of continuity for that show did not do a very good job there. I didn't so, check that. That's like Izzy's righteous rage. I'm, I, my guess is since this is made by fans who are way more obsessive about yeah. this show than even you could be. I'm just interesting. I'm just interested. I don't yeah. remember that happening. So, yeah, like, so apparently, um, yeah, so apparently there's like, Izzy would have to be the dumbest person on earth to not understand. Huh. So yeah, then we, um, I guess we did have a nurse Linda sighting. Yeah, she was in with the with the gunshot wound dude. And 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 also in gunshot wound dude, we had the first sighting of a nurse that will play a yes. fairly major part of the early mythology of the show. Yep. Nurse, nurse Olivia, Olivia, who's known by other names we shall not mention no, yet. Not yet. Uh, for her, well, 
not really for her own actions, but for the actions of others that she ends up accidentally spreading. Um, and um, oh, and, and another little thing that happens before the end is um, Burke, like telling Christina she's sick, she can go home, he'll drive her home, and she's refusing to do it. Right. And she like yells at him that like you know maybe you should go home, and he's like, but I don't feel sick. Yeah. And I will say this. I have my issues with the character of Burke. Yeah. But the best Burke is Clueless Burke. Yes, Clueless Burke is Burke, fun. who doesn't understand women at all, yes. is such a great Burke. Yes. Because there's just this look of just buck tooth stupidity that crosses his face. He's just got his teeth like, Grr. he's like mouth breathing and just looking like, what? Yeah. I love Clueless Burke. He also is clueless when he comes in to like bring her soup. And she's not in the on-call room. And he's really surprised by that. Oh, you know what? I remember him walking in and she's not there. And I kind of just looked down to write something. That's when the next scene showed yeah, that she's I was writing pregnant. Notes. I was writing notes about the end of this episode. Yeah. Anyway, so then the yeah. end of the episode also brings us to Meredith walking into her house and Izzy's baking. And oh, they oh have well, we haven't gotten... We, we skipped the montage now. So now, oh, the sorry. end of the episode, we, we know... I don't know if this is true of future episodes, uh-huh. but if you ever want to know if someone's definitely about to die in a Grey's Anatomy episode and which character it is, they often do like the montage of music playing. If the sound in the actual scene is panned down low, so low you could barely hear people talking over the music, that's a guy who's going to die. Yeah, because they when they started that song and that, that by the way that song is oh god that song is terrible. Whoever it's by is that the Wilco song? No, that's not the Wilco okay. song. It's uh, it's by Joe Purdy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Digby starts coding, um, and this song uh, called "Suitcase" uh, plays. Wow. And it is uh, he is going on a long journey. Yeah, it's mediocre garbage. And it, the funny thing is, it's so like it's one of those songs where it's like I could probably understand every word if I paid attention, mm-hmm. but it is so soporific, soporific. I don't know how to pronounce the word. I shouldn't have said sleep inducing. Let's just let's just go ahead and say sleeping or boring. Boring. It's so boring. I couldn't bring myself to pay attention. It's like. It's like trying for me to describe the movie Jackal starring Richard Gere, which I saw in the theaters. I couldn't describe that movie. I couldn't describe what was happening in that movie while I was watching it because it was so boring. Um, And it was like that. I I could not picture what was going on in that song because my mind was already wandering. It was just, yeah, that's how you know. Like whenever someone is going to live or die, if you can actually hear the people talking, they'll make it. Uh Uh-huh. But they're not going to make it. I'll have to test your theory. As we that's my theory. I like it. Because I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, yeah, he definitely dies, huh? So, so it didn't have anything to do the fact that you've seen this episode before. But that's no, okay. but Yeah, but I didn't remember that Christina's pregnant. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So um, so the end of the episode has Meredith and uh, um, what's her bucket? Uh, Izzy talking. Izzy's baking, um, which she gets. They, they, give, they give her shit about the fact that when she's um, stressed and doesn't want to sleep, she bakes. Okay, fine, whatever. Good for her. That is the cutesiest, stupidest personality yeah, trait. That is what she does. And then again, I had an ex who made boxes. Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah. So, so she, anyway, so she um, she's baking this cake, and she and Meredith have sort of a knockdown drag out a little bit of a fight, and Meredith's like, I don't understand why you're so pissed. And she's like, I had to work. She, it becomes a class conversation. Yeah, and, like, and, I, and, and also it becomes... An excruciating conversation. Yeah. And it it's probably due to the fact that at this exact moment we have the two weakest actresses in the show engaged in an emotional discussion. Mm-hmm. And neither of them are very good at having a range. Like when Meredith gets upset, she just sort of talks like this at people. And then Catherine Heigl has the I'm hurt voice and that's it. You know, and it, like it just, uh, it was, and the, the dialogue is actually Fairly terrible throughout, too. It's an excruciating scene. Long story short, Izzy's pissed off because basically in order to get into... To, to, she went to state school. She put herself through med school by... She's like, from a trailer. We learned she's, she's from a trailer, trailer park. park. She, she or maybe we didn't knew that already. I don't know. I don't know. She's in state school. She had to go to med school by and put herself through med school by, um, you know, posing in her underwear. And even though she doesn't have any student loans, which, by the way, I think is kind of huge. She says, you know, you, you know, you went to Dartmouth. Your mother's Alice Gray. You live in this gorgeous Your father house. is the great and renowned Thatcher, Thatcher Gray. Gray. <laughs> you know, which doesn't mean much until he becomes Cyrus Bean in, you know, Scandal. And then, my God, you're probably descended from uh, Meriwether Gray, uh, you know, and... Uh, Spalding you know, Gray. Spalding. <laughs> MacArthur Gray, you know... Whip snade gray. Keep going. Flap doodle gray. It's really fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's Sad fun. iron gray. I got nothing. Fire yeah. engine gray. 
So, so, uh, a touch of gray. Oh, God. Fifty Shades of Gray. Um, so she. Fifty Shades of Shitty Names for Grays. So she, so, so they have this big fight, and when, then they figure out, like, she's like, oh, oh, you're falling for him. Oh, you're not just trying to get ahead. You oh, actually are I feel so sorry for him. you. That's lame. Have some cake. Have some cake. I hate you and your cake. This is terrible. And then, blah, 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 Jerk me off, you terrible show. The episode basically ends because both Meredith and Derek have been talking well, about Well, it. and also, we, we, you're forgetting a cut. It cuts to Alex, like, doing oh, yeah. his row machine. And we learn that Alex has learned a valuable lesson. And I've learned that valuable looks really weird when I try to spell it. And yeah. I, like, like... I, 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 I actually lost the thought, and I guess this is probably where the Christina Yang thing uh-huh. came in, because I, I spent so much time trying to spell valuable that I forgot what his lesson was that he learned. Oh, good. <laughs> I think the lesson that he probably learned was, uh, it's not so cool to shoot yourself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, take that one to the bank and smoke it, <laughs> you know. So he's doing the rumor, she gets pissed off, he lets it go. Yang finds out she's pregnant. Burke's disappointed that she's not there to fuck him in the oh, uh, on-call room. And Meredith and does he does he again? I was looking down trying to spell valuable. Does he does he give his uh, his confused look with his teeth out going? Hmm? No, he more just like side and disappointment. Sad for Burke. Yes, yeah, Burke so. penis don't get touchied. Yes, um, and wow, you are just nasty. I am also Meredith. You, you've got to understand, Meredith, I am dying of tuberculosis. Meredith and Derek, um, they they meet up <coughs> Meredith's house house again. And Case he, he makes a, 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 they try to like, oh, you just want to sleep or you just want to go to bed? Oh, and, and, and wait, before, like, Derek has Trotsky hair. Yeah, he does. He's got like the biggest Isro It's crazy. And he's like, oh. For an Irish dude, he's got a hell of a Maybe we just want to go to sleep. Bro. And she's like, sleep? Really? Oh, okay. And then he lays down and he just go and he just falls right to sleep. And she goes, oh, thank God. And she falls and does the, the And camera oh, the camera does, does this nauseating thing of like, it tracks on her. Yeah. So that it looks like the pillow comes and hits her in the side of the face. <laughs> And I actually almost hurled, and I don't have nausea symptoms. It was bad. Uh, like, it did, it did something to my inter- internal feel. Like, it made me more nauseous about looking at Meredith than usual. Uh, you know, so um, it was it was something else. And that was pretty much the end and of the that's episode. And the, that's the end of the episode. So yeah. I guess uh, the question is, was this worth rewatching? Oh, no, oh, wrong no, podcast. Wrong, wrong podcast. So uh, um, that's I basically give, like, it. A... I, let me see if there's, is there is there anything that, like, in, like... I feel like we saw the duck, but I forgot to write it down. It I, I didn't, on. I don't think I saw it. I did. I, did. I, I feel like it was in one of their rooms when they went to when they went in early but I can't remember who it was or why so I may I'm not gonna say that we saw had a duck sighting because I don't I don't remember I don't exactly know how there could be an episode without a duck sighting because yeah. why would they not have it in the set dressing yeah. somewhere I just there was it. no chief so you don't get to see his no office chief. that's the second time we haven't had the chief did, did chief Weber die briefly no we just did, like James Pickens Jr. go to a coma and they didn't want to didn't have him, him. oh my god maybe they were maybe maybe they were trying to replace him with Robert Guillaume yeah no was he even alive then? I don't know. He's dead now, right? I don't know. Oh, God. I don't know about... Oh, God. Uh, everybody stop because I don't want anyone worried about whether he's alive or not. So we're going to figure this out. In the Robert main... Guillaume looks like he is still still alive. Oh, thank God. Okay. So... Oh, my God. It would have broken my... He's 88 years old, though. It so... would have broken my heart if I he was wanna... dead. Okay. Oh, God. He's alive. Take he's alive, deep, folks. Take a deep breath. Everything's cool. Take a deep 2016 breath. has not to... taken him yet. I, I oh, God. It's 2016. Need... I, I he might be dead by the time we launch this. need to speak... And you need to literally Sorry. take it down a notch. Sorry, Just take it, take it down a notch right now. Benson. Take it down a notch. He played Douglas in right Health. now. I would like to give a shout out to at Dis for Dracula. Dis for Dracula? Not D is for Dracula? D is for Dracula. Shut up. I'm so tired. See, his name is Daniel, which begins with a D. D is for for Dracula. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I literally can't. I would like to thank you because I love that you were relaxing and watching, listening to our, our episode last week. I don't week. know how you could be possibly relaxed listening to me right now. I, nobody can be relaxed I just right remembered now. I just an 80s movie right that now. Robert Guillaume was literally in for our other podcast. Oh, my right God. Now. I want to watch it the, next now. The part of, of punching him in the face will come from me, Allie Goodman. Goodbye. I will take on the role of Hitler puncher because you will be <laughs> Hitler. Please, and as I've died. Let me put you out of your misery. So if you would like to follow (coughs) in 
consumption coffee man over there who is going to get punched by me. He oh my is God, Robert Guillaume's going to outlive me. He's at Hitler <laughs> Puncher God. on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Ali underscore Goodman, and Ali is spelled A-L-I. Goodman is spelled the normal way. And if you would like to follow our podcast uh, Twitter, it's Hardgraze Night. And we have another podcast that may or may not be updated in the next century. Uh, we're actually going to try and finish that recording tonight if we don't die. Um, it's going to be an interesting t- sh- tonal shift since we're two-thirds of the way through the recording. Yeah. <laughs> With so, normal that's human at, voices. That is a match made in space. And that's at MMIS Podcast on the Twitters. And um, its website is matchmadeinspace.com. And you can also just find it on iTunes just like you can find this show. On iTunes. And hey, rate and review either or both of them. Please. Actually, both of them, definitely. Be awesome. All of them. And and, and I was going to say any review is great. Uh, they all increase uh, like if you like us or not. But then I thought to myself, no, if you don't like us, fuck you. Why are you even listening this far? Right, exactly. Why know, we hate fuck, rage- go to hell. Fuck you. Why? <laughs> fuck you. Do not leave a negative review. Fuck you. Yeah, anyway. so God, um, gonna, This is my dying day and you want to leave a negative oh review for me on iTunes? I mean, God, I'm dying of consumption and whooping cough God. and the croup and probably the grip, too. The dog can't even handle you right now. My God. Oh, my God. We did an entire podcast without the dog on the couch. I know. It's kind of weird. So uh, he's, he's making, But he's okay. He's, he's making his presence Much like known. Robert Guillaume, the dog make, is alive. He's and, making his presence known. And Yang is so, pregnant. Hold on a second. So I'd like to finish this because I cannot. Get a, <laughs> like I literally cannot it. get a thought out because know, he is awesome. so obnoxious. Oh my y'all. god, Kim Fields is in this movie too. Oh my god, can can somebody please give this boy his ADHD meds? Oh my god, Keith so, Coogan. Um, it, also, um, uh, you can find a Hard Grey's Night. We have a Facebook page. It is up. We would love to have you follow us there too. It should it's, be updated more often than we have been. It, it um, should be, but it's but it's Allie there. put me in charge of it, and I don't ever go to Facebook, which is really strange because you're on Facebook like 42 hours a day. For I know, your but job. I have other pages that I, I update. So I know, but it's, it's I'm just yours. saying maybe you should pop in every now and then because this, this is this, this podcast is your baby compared do, to my baby, which is um, every now and then. being drunk. So. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much it. You guys are about to, um, if I leave these microphones running any longer, you're going to hear a, like, screaming match between me and, um... It's not true. She loves me. And boy who really needs to, uh, take his medication. So... Oh, I, I, no. Yes. I can't, if I take AD&D meds, AD&D. AD&D. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> medication. If I take ADHD meds at 11.41 p.m., you realize that speed, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm 40. I am 40 years oh, old. God. I can't survive a night of, of, of speed at 11.41. Hopefully the next time we speak with you, we will actually be well and healthy again. So thank you I mean, so I much. will be dead. Th- but hopefully Robert Guillaume so will still be alive. <laughs> thank you so much. For, and, and Yang will still be pregnant. Thank <gasps> Yang you is so pregnant? Thank you so much for listening to A Hard Grey's Night. Uh, this is us signing off. Kiss off.